Welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show, a parish community podcast serving the parishes of Holy Family and St. Lawrence in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, I'm your host, Daniel Rota. Um, very excited for you guys uh, to be with us today. Um, well, with me, I have Father Ryan. How are you doing, Father Ryan? Good. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing great. Um, welcome to our our technically our first real podcast. We had, uh, you know, hopefully you listened to the first podcast, which is kind of just like an intro to the show, but... Um, for today's podcast, we're going to um, really kind of get into like the meat. It's kind of like our first first real podcast. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it should be a great show. I'm, I'm excited that we've started this, you know, Catholic Duluth Show, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's an exciting opportunity for us, and we've got, we've got some great material, I think, today to have a conversation about as a parish. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as, as we get started, the, kinda, the, the, the topic for today's show um, is the uh, mysterious letter that was uh, on some people's cars after the 11 a.m., uh, at St. Lawrence, um, that was I guess a week ago um, from when this goes live. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna you know talk about that, um, talk about like what it means for us, and kind of you know yeah, t- just see see um, kind of kind of the, the differences from our, our faith to some of our brothers and sisters. We will talk about the letter <laughs> here in just a little bit, folks. So, a lot um, of you know about it. Um, so so yeah, uh, Father, will you uh, open us in a prayer? I will. You know, today I'm going to open us in a, in a prayer. It's called the Anima Christi. It was written by St. Ignatius of Loyola. A lot of people pray this after communion um, or as they're going to communion. Um, it's, it's a pretty big tradition uh, for a lot of people throughout the world. Um, if you don't know about it, check it out. It's called the Anima Christi, A-N-I-M-A-C-H-R-I-S-T-I. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, hide me. Separate from you, you, let me never be. From the evil one, protect me. At the hour of my death, call me and bid me come to thee that with your saints and angels I may be praising you forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. I, yeah, um, growing up, that was my, my parents, after, every, after we went up and received, we'd come back and kneel in the pews, and my mom would grab the, the, you know, the hymnal. Really? It's because it, 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 it's usually on the, like, one of the back covers. Yeah. And she'd pray and then just hand it down the aisle to my dad and then me and then my sister. And so, yeah, we, we, we grew up praying that after, after um, we received the Eucharist. That's, I learned it in seminary, and I prayed it almost every time, almost every day after receiving communion while I was in seminary. Mm-hmm. It's a great prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's really awesome. So, yeah. yeah I, I, thanks, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, great. Well, yeah, as we, um, as, we, as we start today's podcast, um, uh, Father, what, what's going on this week? Um, what was I going to talk about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> a staff retreat. Oh, yeah, the staff retreat. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so this week, um, so on Tuesday evening and then all day Wednesday, the staff is going to be on retreat. And so we're bringing uh, the staff of St. Lawrence and Holy Family together to do, spend some time you know, doing some team building stuff and some reflecting on some different things. So we're, we're going to be watching some videos that are about, about parish ministry and parish life and growing uh, a team and growing a vision for a parish. So we're, we're bringing the staff together to, 
to reflect on that and to talk about it together, to pray on it together. And, you know, one of the great things is, you know, Daniel, you're our new director of missions, so this is part of his role too, is to be able to put something like this together for us so that we can grow and in that more impactfully do what we're called to do as, as a team in the parish. And so I'm really excited about the retreat. That's going to be Tuesday night for the staff and then a Wednesday all day. So if you're looking for the offices on Wednesday, they're going to be closed. Yeah, and uh, so so yeah, that we're well, I think I think we're all looking forward to that. Be praying um, for us. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna you know need some prayers, and you know hopefully coming out of it, we'll we'll you know we'll have uh, a good a good first step into into this year um, as, as it starts up. So, um, well, as we kind of get into today's topic, we kind of teased it at the beginning of the show. Um, but yeah, so la- last week, as a lot of people were leaving um, the 11 a.m. mass at St. Lawrence. Some parishioners, upon getting back to their cars, found a mysterious letter on the windshield. Uh, inside the letter, uh, they found a four-page front and back, so eight pages total, um, kind of manifesto of sorts. Um, and uh, in reality, it was just just uh, a letter um, to us as Catholics from some uh, brothers and sisters of um, of another Christian kind of denomination, um, just talking about how um, they, they made the statement that kind of stood out to me that they've. They've studied the Bible for 34 years, and how they have come to the conclusion that Catholicism is false. And they wanted to kind of help us as Catholics learn the truth. Um, and so, uh, I mean, what 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 a better topic to to bring to our first you know uh, podcast than than this. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that we face as Catholics, and we always have. I mean, this is nothing new under the sun, is that, you know, Catholicism is from the very beginning, from the time of Jesus. Jesus himself is confronted about the truth and the confusion in that, or what is truth. And so I think this is nothing new. So, you know, lots of people have been pretty kind of fired up about it. I know I talked to I talked to my cousin's um, boyfriend last night. He he's part of our core team, and he said, "Oh yeah, she was all fired up because she she's one of our new parishioners." She said she got that. She was fired up the rest of the day about it, you know. So we can get really fired up about it, which is good. Mm-hmm. But it's this reality: like we got to step back and like, okay, let's take a look at this, and let's talk about one. Some of the in the next episode, we're going to talk about some of the specific topics, but let's talk about this as a whole in terms of how we do come to truth and how we share that and uh, particularly as Catholics and then how to respond to somebody who who does challenge it and I think so this is a this is a fun thing to be able to talk about yeah um so what what uh like really strikes you about this because I mean it's it's I mean you could say it's a pretty bold move you know I mean someone coming and bringing uh you know I mean it's eight pages of content yeah, I pretty, think pretty like there's like you know twenty some points. So there's so there's two things that are for me very striking with something like this, and this is you know I've experienced this before in my my life, just as an individual, but also as a priest. Um, the first thing is is just the opening statement. So, dear Catholic friend, how are you? I'm writing today concerning Roman Catholicism. I have studied the Bible for over thirty four years now. I feel compelled to share my findings here with you in this letter. So, I think it's really I want to say this. I think it's great that an individual wants to share the gospel with people and wants to share their understanding of the gospel with people. I think we all should be sharing the gospel. So I want to commend the person for doing that. Um, But my first point in this is the the dilemma with sharing the gospel is we have to enter into relationship with the gospel. 
this is an unsigned letter. We don't know who, who brought it, right? So there's a dynamic, like I, if I get an unsigned letter in the mail, uh, if I open it and I see there's not a signature on the bottom and there's no return address, I usually throw it away because a letter is meant to enter in the dialogue, I believe. That, you know, if you want to express an opinion, okay, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk through it. It's the mature Christian thing to do. And so that would be the first thing is like, when we talk about ecumenism or we talk about being one as Christians or having these conversations and the challenges of getting at the truth, it has to happen in dialogue. And so the first thing that stood out to me was this is an individual and an individual who's going unnamed. So there's dynamics to that. For us as Catholics, we don't operate that way. We operate together. So the second thing is, is that we, as Catholics throughout 2,000 years of history, have always walked together and discerned the truth and looked for the truth as a communal thing. So no individual has like the say. So we even talk, if we talk about papal infallibility, well, when the Pope speaks, he actually speaks in communion with the rest of the College of Cardinals and the bishops and the rest of the, the church. So he can't just kind of do his own thing when he speaks, particularly when he speaks infallibly. And so that's a dynamic there of like, okay, it's not just that I study the Bible, but that we study the Bible together. We, we reflect on it. We research it. We, we do this together. No one individual has the interpretation, if you will. Um, and I think that's important to remember when somebody approaches us and says, well, I've studied the Bible for 34 years. Well, okay, we have millions of people for 2,000 years, 2000 years who have been at this too. So uh, we have to put that in context in order to engage the conversation, I think. Yeah, and what, um, what could be the, the danger of that? You know, if there's this, this person who, you know, say, yeah, I've studied the Bible for 34 years, what, um, like, yeah, what's uh, the danger of that? The danger is, is that you can be an heir. And you're not allowing yourself to be, to be taken out of error if you are in error. So there's a pride in that, right? So if I take my Bible and I just read it and I say, I'm going to interpret this the way that I want to interpret it, well, I don't have the humility to be corrected if I am in error. And I think that that's a really important thing. And, and as a church, we've done that. You know, you look at all the heresies throughout the history of the church, and those are where, where bishops or priests, you know, they, they went into error in their teaching, they had to have the humility to be brought forward to, to say, okay, let's look at this and let's talk about it. We're going to have this discussion, and that's what the councils of the church, the ecumenical councils did, is in history when these big heresies built up, they said, okay, we need to bring this together and talk about it and, and argue through it, if you will, to get at the truth and that the Holy Spirit's going to guide that conversation towards truth. And so that's such an important factor of, we need to, as a church, always have the humility to, to enter the conversation and do that together. So uh, I guess that's, a, that's one of the dynamics to this. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think w one of the things that I really love about our Catholic faith is just, um, you know, when you go and, and look back and you can kind of see, um, like, see those times where someone, um, you know, called you know, where someone called someone else out. You know, there's back in the scriptures when Paul kind of calls Peter out, and they just, you know, they're holding each other accountable. And I think that's one of the things that, it just, it makes it so much more real 
um, when you're like going through the scripture and looking at you know today, and you even even see you know different bishops who don't really like each other, and they're kind of you know they're 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 at each other's you know throats, I guess, in in, in in a way about the different doctrine and stuff like that. And it's you know it's 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 not that yeah us as Catholics you know we're all united, we all believe the same things, but we also can are able to like challenge each other in that. Yeah, because we we need to have those conversations as as history goes on as a and as individuals, you know. Um, I want to jump to one other thing that is particular about the the letter that we received is it's a lot of scripture verses, right? And so it's in some ways a, not a new approach, you know, by some people. Um, but one of the things about scripture and the, and the Bible is it, it, we we have to have a historical context. We have to have a larger authoritative teaching like we've been talking about a little bit that there's something to direct this not just the individual and how they feel or what they think but that there's a whole bigger picture to this um but for us as catholics sacred tradition goes right along with sacred scripture and if you take sacred tradition without scripture you err and if you take sacred scripture without sacred tradition you're, you're going to lead yourself into error they they do work hand in hand that's why so many people, when they, you know, they're in this situation where they're anti-Catholic, they start to study the early church, for instance. So they start to read the writings and study the history of what the early church was doing and saying and how they were acting and what they believed and how they prayed. They convert to Catholicism because they see that Catholicism, though it's had its rough patches and we're in some rough patches now, the core has remained consistent throughout history. So I want to just give one example today, for instance, you know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church gives us some of that good historical context, and we have to remember this, and we'll talk about it in a couple other instances in the next episode. But the Mass, for instance, Catholics were celebrating the Mass and the Sunday Liturgy, the Sunday Eucharist, in really the same way we are in so many ways, particularly structurally. And this is before the Bible was put together. You know, the letters were out there, the, the writers were out there, but as those were even being written... Christians were acting and living and, and celebrating in a particular kind of way, and in a way that we don't see in the Bible. But the Bible gives us light to those traditions, and the traditions light up the Bible. So they work hand in hand. It's so important. So this is, and a lot of you have heard me pull this one out before. It's 1345, the Mass of All Ages, 1345 in the Catechism. As early as the second century, the second century, we have the witness of St. Justin Martyr for the basic lines of the order of the Eucharistic celebration. They have stayed the same until our own day for all the great liturgical families. St. Justin wrote to the pagan emperor Antonius Pius around the year 155, explaining what Christians did. So he goes on to explain, and look it up, pull out your catechism and look up 1345. He explains to the emperor what Christians are doing, and it's it's... It's the very structure of our Mass today, from gathering to liturgy of the word to a priest presiding to bread and wine being brought forward to the sign of peace to Holy Communion and Holy Communion going to those who are unable to come. If we, have to, we have to know history if we're going to know the whole. For, so... The, the struggle is if we take all these scripture passages and we don't allow history to, to speak to them as well or to, as we're going towards truth and some of these things, we have to know the history of the church, of what happened in the history of the church, even outside the scriptures. And we, there's plenty of references to that. So 
for me, as we approach this letter, if you've had a chance to read it out there, um, it's very important to put scriptural context into historical context into our tradition as well that comes out of the lived community that is the church. And that's why we study the church fathers right along with the scriptures. And, and they speak to one another. Yeah. That's awesome. that's great. <laughs> I get going there. Hey, sorry, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I I got you cut. Got to cut you off. For, yeah, he's got to cut me off. You guys don't have time. that long in the car. Right? Um, um, but yeah, no, that's that that's great. Um, I I think that's something that we can you know all really just chew on a little bit to see like yeah like we have this such a rich history of tradition and um and it's not you know it's not one or the other it's both. Um, and so, um, yeah, just kind of taking that with us um, for, for the rest of the day, kind of chewing on that a little bit. Um, although, before we end this show, um, we are going to do a little catechetical minute. Um, so I'm going to toss it back over to Father for that. Hey, you know, each week our catechetical minutes are going to kind of go off the rails, if you will. We're going to go in just a total different direction than the topic sometimes. So let's do a catechetical minute on hell. You know, it's, it's one of those topics I'm like, ooh, stay away from it. A lot of people will believe that hell isn't real. That is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. Hell is real. We also wonder, like, well, how can a loving God send somebody to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. He doesn't predestine anybody to hell. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But some people choose to not receive the love of God or don't want heaven. So God, the result is then you're not in heaven, and that's hell. One of the things about the Gospels, if we read the Gospels, Jesus speaks more and he mentions more about hell than he does heaven. So he warns more about hell than he speaks of the kingdom, actually. So he talks about Gehenna and the lake of fire, the place where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth, numerous times. We can't take hell lightly. As a church, we teach and we see in the Gospels, we see in sacred tradition and the lives of the saints, that there is a hell. We have to face that. And it ought to move us as well toward heaven, toward saying, God, I need your mercy. Please save me from that. Um, so yeah, the catechetical teaching is hell is real. Um, people choose that, and, and so they do go to hell. <laughs> and we, we need to be praying for one another, that we can all repent before we die, that, that we might receive God's mercy and receive it fully. Yeah, that's, that's great. Th- thank you, Father. Um, you know, yeah, ho- hopefully we'll be able to, you know, just ha- have the, those little tidbits like that um, throughout throughout the rest of these episodes um, and uh, to help us to help us to deeper understand our faith um, come into a deeper relationship with the person of Jesus Christ but also understand um, those 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 things that we we don't always talk about that much you know Um, help us go deeper and um, and yeah just with that we're gonna we're gonna bring this uh, this episode to a close Uh, I thank you all for listening um, once again, I just ask that, you know, it, if you do have, you, if you have enjoyed this episode, um, to subscribe to it, um, you can do that on iTunes. Um, you can also, um, just, uh, find it on our website. Um, and then again, we ask you to be an, an advocate for it, um, to go and, you know, help people listen to it, help people find it, share it on social media. Um, just, yeah, just kind of help, help get it out there. Um, we want this to be for uh, the, p- the parishioners in our community, but even the you know even the, the people in the surrounding communities. We want them to be able to listen to it, um, you know, grow in their faith, be challenged, um, and and yeah, just ho- hopefully, hopefully, 
come to a better um, relationship with God. So um, for that, um, thank you very much. This has been the Catholic Duluth Show. Have a good day. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.